Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network's continuing coverage of 24, season 5, the big one, the big Emmy winning season, as we are up to 12 a.m. to 1 a.m., uh, which is episode 18, which is production code number 5AFF18, which is directed by Brad Turner, which is written by Howard Gordon, which is starring Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, and Gregory Itzen and many others, and maybe Joe Biden. I don't know. I'm. I think he Joe. he he might have he he might have been the reason that uh, Audrey's bleeding. We don't know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, trivia in Ben's book will probably confirm nothing. No, I did, I, uh, I don't have that this week. I read through it again. It's still shit. It's like oh, there's this, no point. Laura Metcalf was meant to be Karen Hayes. Cool. All right. Thanks. We knew that. Bye. Not even worth our time anymore, Tara Derulo. Yeah, you got married. You, you, you just, yeah. you lost your information. Your husband's holding you down. <laughs> Get a divorce. I hate him. <laughs> I hate all of him. He's holding me back. Get your creativity back. Uh, my name is Colin, and come to bed when you're done. Oh, you didn't use the one. I thought you would. Brilliant. Uh, and my name is Ben, and Colin, I don't think you're as big a jerk as you pretend to be. <laughs> but I do think you're as big of a jerk as Yay. you pretend to be. Uh, and also, so, April, you... April 17th, by the way, uh, Apollo 13 oh, yeah. returned to Earth safely. Um, oh, beautiful. Also, Jamie's birthday. Oh, that too. Also, Jennifer Garner and Sean Bean's birthday. Also, the day of recording this, Madonna's birthday. Yay. Oh, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Happy birthday, Queen. Happy birthday. Um... So I don't know. Did you? I usually zone out when you talk, anyways. But did you end the last episode saying that you were high on this one, that you were low on this one? Uh, it's still a buy. That's nice. It's, I think the, the these these stretch of episodes, I'm I'm very torn because again, it's a case of they're enjoyable. I think you do not have a more tense stretch of episodes in 24 history than the end of season five. These are captivating. I, I'm watching this, wanting to keep going. I'm like, oh, maybe Colin wants to do like three yeah. in a row because like, oh my god, this is really like. <laughs> And you're taken back to watching it live. But again, as I keep saying over and over again, it's it's watching this in hindsight, just nitpicking at things with the Logan character. And that's where my issues are going to be. There are a few other little plot holes here and there that we're just going to pick up on as we usually do. But I think that, again, when you're watching this live, it's so amazing. Even when you're binging this, you want to keep watching it. But as somebody who's sitting here as a, quote, expert uh, 17 years later, I think it's also our duty to to nitpick some little things. And again, for me, that's mainly going to come with this dramatic turn of the Logan character. See, uh, see I, I've definitely had some nitpickiness for the last couple weeks. Uh, I don't think quite as harsh as you. Uh, but I also know that like coming into the season, I'm not going to say that like there are only a handful. I mean, it's season five. So maybe 10 episodes where I vividly remembered, okay, this is one of the good ones. This is one of the good ones. And I think this is one of the good ones. 
as I've sort of discovered throughout the last couple of weeks as we are into like the, the big stuff happening on the show, some of those episodes that I was really excited about, I'm like, oh, it's still good, but not as good as I thought. And this is one of the ones where I'm like, I came in with high expectations. It kind of exceeded it. Like, I think that so much about how, in this case, Brad Turner directs this episode. And it, I think the editing really makes this. Uh, they're, they're really deep into the whole political conspiracy plot and how everything's unraveling. And I, to me, this just feels like maybe the most cinematic this season's been. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with the action. It's just about how the show's pieced together. Like, I I agree with you. Like, I am so on the edge of my seat. And I know where all this is going. I think that's so crazy about this week. And I think that's what he's done so well about this season and why this was so awarded. Because, you know, it's a season that, again, you're so hooked and captivated by that you're not pick, pick, picking apart things at certain points. It's so distracting in a way. But even... Today, if I'm going to rip into certain things, I'm still loving the way this is put together. This isn't going to be a you know a top ten, top twenty, top fifty episode overall, but it's still like if you just want to put on some entertainment and just be absolutely captivated. Again, you can't fault the end of season five because I just even as much as I love and defend season one, those last four episodes of season one that I you know talk so highly about, some of the other stretches that we've had throughout this show. I just don't, I think really the last, like as soon as you find out Logan is evil, you just, you're so drawn to it. Even if there is some batshit, stupid shit that makes no sense and has so many plot holes. It's just the music, the directing, the acting, like it feels so desperate. And like, you just want to keep watching this show. And that's, this is 24 at its peak watchability. I will say that despite some flaws. Um, I think we might greatly differ on this even though we're both positive on it because this might be a top 10 top 20 wow. top 50 episode for me um, Jeez, this, this one <laughs> ended different. up a lot higher <laughs> it ended up a lot higher than i thought it would uh, on my list um i'm gonna kind of break this up a little i'm gonna do all the jack stuff first and then i think you really have to break up the logan and ctu stuff like the the big stuff for the end so getting jack out of the way first uh we get Bill back. Uh, I honestly thought that he, I don't even know if they established in the the previous, not the previous episode, the one before that, because last week was the only one he wasn't on, uh, that I thought he was like actually under arrest or or uh, in detention or, or holding <laughs> or something. Yeah, they're like, uh, just go home. And like, he he, he basically just drives on you. Hey, Jack, how's it going? No, let me go again. Uh, but now he's joined pretty in. Pretty handy. <laughs> just perfect timing. Uh, we get, um, uh, Bill being told about uh, Logan for the first time. Now, this is the episode where everybody's starting to say, all right, it was Logan. It was Logan all along. Uh, and there's at least one moment in this episode where it's like, it, it's one of the dumbest moments ever. They address that in the commentary, which can is uh, Can I just fun. say there's an un- unintentionally funny moment here. There's a couple of moments in this episode, which I think that if you actually think about it, it, it kind of makes no sense in just in general human interactions. So when like Bill and that show up, and like, Bill... Yes, you know, blah, 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 evil, evil. Okay, it's Logan. He is evil. There's like this silence, and then Bill goes, oh, you're being serious. Like, I just want Bill to be like, ah, <laughs> Logan, oh, classic Jack Bauer humor. Good one, Jack. Oh, you. Oh, you're being serious. Like, there's just this pause, <laughs> and he's just like, oh, you're being serious. <laughs> like, it's, just, it's so unintentionally funny. Well, like, like I think, you know, you may, may actually be onto something there because it's, uh, Part of, part of, I think, what uh, this might be missing is that there's not that big of a reaction to Logan. It's like, what? The, yeah. the President of the United States? I, what I kind of want is I want, especially since we've seen some of that season four Logan come back, I want some people to listen, I, I would have seen this with like Keeler or even 
Palmer, but like this is Logan. Like, Logan, does Logan have the balls pulled? This I want some of that doubt from people, especially Bill, who's been dealing with this guy all year or and all you, season. You touched on a big plot hole that I've got in this episode with Hella is his whole speech about I've always been fearful the moment that Logan got it. Like, yeah. really? We're seeing this guy as like a weasley little wimp who doesn't know what he's doing for. And again, that goes into my issue with this dramatic change of the Logan character. We have not mm-hmm. seen any of this with Logan prior to one and a half weeks ago. So that is, yeah, I agree with you completely. Yeah, I, I, that's something that hadn't even occurred to me. I'm like, I kind of would have liked like some doubt on this because everybody's just like, oh, of course, Logan. But, I knew it was him all along. Yeah, like you're right. Like, I mean, the one that this would have really worked for in a couple of seasons is when we get Powell's Booth as president. Like, I mean, that guy yeah. you can see being evil. It's Powell's fucking Booth. <laughs> um, yeah. But like, it's just, yeah, you're right. Like, I think that the this is, and I guess this is part of the plot twist, right? The president in any television show is always going to be the president, fuck yeah, America, like, you know, a beacon of hope and, you know, to have them mm-hmm. evil. So you can't have, like, you know, sleazy old person. But again, we've just sat through the Donald Trump era. Hasn't he been indicted, like, 17 more times since we started this episode? So, like, we're used to yeah. this now. <laughs> this George Bush um, era. Guy couldn't <laughs> open a door properly. Come on. <laughs> Well, you think about some of those presidents where it's like, really, you think they could pull it? Because that's sort of the thinking now when you look back on people are like, oh, Bush was behind 9-11 and everything. It's like, really? You think that Bush, Bush. is able to pull that off? Bush, really? Bush, of all the presidents, um, like Reagan, that guy, <laughs> you know, yeah. sneaky. I mean, I'm sure, you know, even Clinton is a little bit more plausible than yeah. Bush, really? Like, I mean, I could see Gerald Ford maybe even Clinton, Bush. Clinton would have flirted his way, but like, hey, darling, I just want to get on this United flight. <laughs> put a couple of my Arab friends on. What do you think, sweetheart? <laughs> Just ignore those little sharp things in their pockets. Off you go, sweetie. There you go. That's you mind, Bill Clinton. Mind if, mind if I join the Maha Club before I parachute on this airplane <laughs> you're about to throw in the building? <laughs> go, go, go to say, Colin. Our Bill Clinton impersonations. Not bad. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> hey, it didn't sound like Schwarzenegger. That's an improvement. It did. <laughs> you know, of all our US presidential uh, impersonations, I think we've got about, what, 48 to go now. Um, so, uh, Joe! <laughs> um, wait, wait till you hear yeah. our Theodore Roosevelt uh, <laughs> Oh, it's a good one oh. uh, Who's that guy? Uh, I, I just remember the Simpsons one Where it's like the, the lesser known presidents It's like, I died in 30 days <laughs> I don't know yeah. who that guy is <laughs> That guy, that's exactly it He's The guy who guy. died in 30 days <laughs> um, We get uh, Heller getting introduced I mean, we Hell talked about last week on a brief uh, phone call I mean, this is his episode. I, I would say for this episode, uh, and the next one as well. I mean, it really becomes his series. Like that's kind of the thing is like Jack's just sort of in holding for this episode, and it's it's all Heller. But there's very few people who we, we went through season four. I was kind of shocked at how little the uh, the, the guy's name. What's the guy's name? What's the guy's William name? Uh, William Devane. How little Colin William Devane? How dare you? <laughs> Like he was there for the first dozen episodes and then he disappears and he just sort of pops in and out a few times. So it's not like he's this long running cast member, but he comes in and he basically could just be the star of this episode. And like the audience buys it. Cause that's how powerful William Vivane is. Um, this scene where Jack's telling him about uh, the recording and everything. Uh, I, I love that. Uh, or I do love when he gets introduced here. It's like, uh, I'm not happy to see you, Jack. You're acting like a criminal. <laughs> He's really reprimanding like a dad here. Uh, he plays the recording for him. Uh, and this is the line that I mentioned last week where Jack's like, there's no way it's fake. I trust my source. Your, your source. A <laughs> Who's woman your source that you met Jack? like two hours ago <laughs> who forgot to report a phone call she heard 10 hours beforehand and is dead in a room with a dead daughter, Jack. 
who is part of the administration you're trying to take down. <laughs> exactly. And then two minutes later, fucking Willem Devane's going to basically almost be evil for five <laughs> seconds. Are you trying you slept with Nina Myers? Yeah. But I mean, Heller is saying here, and this isn't where he's like, oh, he's uh, like, he says, I never liked Logan. I don't know if this is the scene yeah. where he says that uh, this is the one where he says, oh yeah, I knew from the beginning yeah, this guy this was trouble. The one. And the, yeah, it's just, uh, it just, it doesn't, it's one of the few things that I see what they're trying to do. And like, this isn't season six levels of what the fuck are they doing? This is okay. This is them explaining something. I get it. But it just, it really doesn't make sense. I mean, it doesn't, but like, I think the way that it's written, the way it's directed, and the way that it's acted, yeah, it, it wins me over. Especially yeah, that 100%. that line that the line that William Devane has, where he goes, you know, I I I feared him, what he could do when I knew he was getting into power. Yeah, you, you're selling something that like you don't have to have that history in the show to believe this is going to happen. Like you believe these characters believe it, and and you're 100 percent right. I agree with you. I think what makes this so watchable and captivating is people are selling this to the point right now. Like they could literally be like going like the Nazis were good. They didn't do the Holocaust. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> please don't sound clip me on that one. I didn't mean that. That was using it as an example. Max Dawson's right? got it already. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> you, Max Dawson. But it's like, it's just, it, it is done in a way, but like, this is where you have so many issues. Again, it's kind of that level of, there is no purpose to Willem Devane throat punching Jack Bauer here and then having his mm. freaking Secret Service goons tying him up. Why can't he just have a quick conversation and go, well, Jack, here's another idea. Why don't we do this? And then Jack's going to fight back. Like, oh, damn it, I'm Jack Bauer. You're wrong. Then throat punch him because he literally yeah, like but- ties him up, ties up his own daughter and go, well, I just found out this information. So I'm now going to hold you hostage and then I'm going to go tell the president this way. Like, I feel that like it's just... I know why they're doing it. It's dramatic because we literally think here that Secretary Heller is evil for like two minutes. And I remember watching this live yeah. going, no, what the Not hell? Him. Not him. And then it's kind of taken away from you in a couple of minutes. So I get why they're doing it. And it's executed so well. It's so entertaining. I love watching like Jack be like, no, Mr. Secretary. And like, it's just, it's so good. But again, it's one of these things I'm just going to unravel and go, well, this is kind of a bit dumb. But I, I think that, for me, I'm sold on for two reasons. One, that shock of him punching Jack yeah, is punch. so good. In the neck. Yeah. <laughs> In the neck. <laughs> uh, but it's so effective even still. Uh, but the flip side of that being, like you said, oh, and then Jack would have said this. Like, I think that that's, that kind of helps Heller's character because Heller yeah. is the guy who's who's ahead of it. I mean, you can't get in the position to be the Secretary of Defense if you can't analyze everyone. I mean, everybody who's been in a job long enough, like you get to the point where you can make a split second decision and take somebody else like 10 minutes. You know, when, when I'm at work and there's a problem and I've got my employees who are, uh, oh, maybe you should do this, maybe you should do this. And like and instantly in my head, I'm like, no, this is what you should do. And I'm just waiting for somebody to come around. Like, I feel like this, again, is maybe twisting things a bit, but I think it's effective because we, how much, how much confidence Heller has where he's like, this is, it's going to cripple the nation. Like he knows this is his job and he has to protect the country. And he pretty much knows, yes, I'm going to say this. Then Jack's going to say this. I don't want to give him a chance to talk his way or kill his way out of this. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like I can't disagree with you, but I think just the way, like (laughs) one of these other unintentionally funny things that I thought about in this episode is when like Jack shows up and they go into this hangar and, and Heller's like to his two secret service agents, guys go outside. Like what do these two guys do? They just go outside and they're just like, right. What's your job to do today, Doug? Because we'll get to Doug. Like, yeah, we're just protecting the sector. <laughs> Doug and Mark. It's pretty unusual. We've just had to land the plane on the way to Washington after being in Japan. Now we're just standing out here while a uh, wanted fugitive is in there talking to the secretary. That's true. 
I think we're up for a promotion. No, probably not. Oh, here comes the secretary. Like literally he walks out 30 seconds. They walk back in. So what is the secretary mm-hmm. goes, Doug, Mark, good job. By the way, we're just going to go in and throat punch this guy. Like, <laughs> like again, I get why they're doing it because it's a great reveal when he sort of comes back in. He's like, hey, Jack, boom, throat punch. Like, why doesn't he just do it then and there? Why does he have to walk out yeah. to get them back again? Why doesn't he just literally go, Doug, Mark, back in here, please? Like, <laughs> there's just a few things there that don't make sense. But again, unintentionally funny that these two secret service agents are <laughs> sitting out there. Oh, I wonder who won between the Lakers tonight. Yeah, I wish we had like smartphones. It's 2006. I can't look up <laughs> to call someone. Uh, <laughs> uh, the only bit like the commentary on this episode was Howard Gordon and Marilyn Raskovs. And it, it, it's pretty dull for what you would expect from them. However, there, there were two parts which were kind of fun. One is that this scene was apparently completely improvised. Like from the point where Heller punches him and Jack's on his knees and they're arguing back and forth. The dialogue's improvised here, which uh, you know is is not something that's I guess typical even on twenty four, uh, and uh, you just get you know William Devane and and Kiefer Sutherland <laughs> say we want to do this, They're like sure why not? Um, but uh, again, this is a guy who's been gone from the show for like a year at this point, so he could just step back. I can't really think about anybody else who basically had a guest role because even season four, he's yes, he's star billing, but he was a guest star. I don't think any other guest stars can come in and just immediately be this at home where they could just take over the show. Tony, kind of, I guess, in a way, like when he sort of came back. But yeah, I know what you mean. The other thing, uh, just another plot hole I wanted to point out: when they've got this recording and he plays it to Bill, why, um. Why don't they make a copy of this? Like, I get this isn't like a, a mm. phone where you can just get your phone out and record it, but like the freaking government, they can like identify people's chins from a red light camera. Like, yeah. wouldn't the first thing you do in this situation is create a copy of this? Yeah, well, even 2005, 2006, you have Mini-disc. a recorder on your phone. Well, even just the recorder on your phone, just the microphone on your phone picking it up, it's going to be grainy. It's going to have some background noise, but it's something. They PDAs in 2001 that they could connect to USB <laughs> via Wi-Fi that didn't exist in 2000. <laughs> but, like, but, like, that to me is like a glaring thing. You've got freaking evidence that implicates the President of the United States as being involved in a government conspiracy, and you're just going to keep the one copy. Yeah. As a, quote, journalist, I'll use that in inverted <laughs> commas, I'm right now recording this in like three different ways this episode in case yeah. this episode fucks up. This is a podcast episode that three people will listen to, all right? This isn't <laughs> implicant, impl- implementing the President of the United States in something that will bring him down. But I'm at least smart to back this up in case those three people miss their weekly dose of the Oz Network. So big mistake here. I would try to make the argument that, you know, Jack's obviously very caught off guard at this point. He doesn't... This is really the first time of the season where... Heller catches him off guard. Like he doesn't know what to do. And he even said in the previous episode, oh, we have to be really careful with who you tell. But I think the problem with my argument at that point is that they're now telling everybody. I mean, they're, yeah, they're yeah, going to tell true. Doug. Doug's going to be in the loop later Doug. on, you know? Does Doug have a page? <laughs> Let's look up Doug. You look up Doug. Um, th- so Jack and Audrey are basically detained here as Heller's going to go off and talk to Logan himself. I mean, it is very quickly done away with it. Hey, I'm not with him. I just want to be the one to deal with this. It's my job. Let me do it. Um, Jack's escape here is pretty epic, although I will poke a hole in this. Uh, so he gets up, he sees this steam pipe, and he burns his cuffs. Now, this is a steam pipe. It's going to be hot. It might melt something. I don't know if it's going to be burning like this. And if it is, his wrists are burned too. But mm-hmm. my bigger problem is that when you see the geography of this layout, Jack and Audrey are cuffed together around one pipe, and Jack shimmies up, and he's immediately up there. And then he comes down, and 
in arm's reach, without moving across the room, in arm's reach, he reaches for wire cutters. They were there the whole time. I'm glad you put that out. I wrote that down. I'm like, they were right there. He could have used his leg. I, I watched this four times trying to figure out coming. I must yeah. be missing something. This must be across the room. No, he's no, right I there. I saw that too. It was so funny. It's like literally right there that he did that. Um, yeah. Doug Masters, by the way, played by the great Jason Grutter. So uh, that that's there's not much else to tell about Doug, but rip Doug. Uh, another bit of trivia here is that uh, I guess Kiefer Sutherland maybe coming off of several episodes where they just had gun shootouts. He basically petitioned Howard Gordon saying, please don't write a gun shootout in this episode. Do something different. Because this was supposed to be right after right after their, <laughs> that's the funny part here, because right after they're freed, <laughs> it was supposed to be there in the hangar and that's where the whole exchange was. And then they get outside and the Henderson thing was supposed to happen out there. So it was all like one scene. So basically, he petitioned, I don't want this. Says, sure. And then they waited to the next scene to do the gun the, shootout. The, and then they did another gun shootout after that. They're literally like, oh, sure, Kiefer, we'll write this out. Look, a Christmas tree right in another shootout. <laughs> but basically, Kiefer got one scene where he says, Audrey, stay here. I'm going to go talk to that guard. He goes, he talks to Doug. Uh, we have a shootout. <laughs> oh, Too soon. I'm sad about I do, like I like Doug. I do love the... Well, I love the, that Jack says to him, it's like, listen, the only way we're going to get out of this is we're working together. And you get like this little team up thing here with a guy yeah, we've never met before. Jack and Doug. <laughs> but again, you got a shootout 30 seconds after they said, don't we avoided that shootout? And then we gave him another one. That's the power uh, of Jason Grutter. Jason Grutter sits down and goes, well, Kiefer, <laughs> I believe if we had a shoot, oh, Jason, you're on to it again. Oh, you know what? Classic Jason you know what? Grutter. Give Jason what he wants. Executive producer Jason Grutter. <laughs> Come on. You got uh, Miami, Jason Grutter. Uh, after this, we get uh, uh, Audrey getting, uh, well, we do get the handoff of the recording here. Um, we get Audrey getting taken hostage oh, by Henderson. Scene. This is an amazing scene. This is a scene I forgot about. Like oh, it, when you could, you, you were mentioning for a couple of weeks about this blood thing. And then when I saw that, I'm like, oh, that's what he was talking about. We, we alluded toward this last week. But uh, the jacket. way all of as this. As soon as I see that jacket, I just picture yeah. it in blood. And, yeah. And they specifically picked a white jacket yeah. for that reason. Yeah. Um, and, But like when Henderson's got her hostage, it's like, give me the recording and I'll give you Audrey. It, first, it's just so tense because like they, they haven't done nearly as much of the whole Jack and Audrey love story this season as they did last year. But I feel like it's even more effective this time because they're not a couple right now and you're not expecting it. And Jack, we've seen he's all about the mission. We've got to get this done at all costs. And now this is really the first time, even when his daughter was in jeopardy, he's still like, no, 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 no. Mission comes first. And here he's like, all right, all right, not Audrey. But the way that Henderson, like, I, I think that Henderson's a villain that maybe had they had the uh, possibility of having, knowing Peter Weller was going to be available the whole season and really writing him as like a primary villain, we could have gotten something greater, but like the moments they give him here to me, this is like Saunders. He's like a villain who is so much smarter. And I wish we'd gotten more of this whole, he's the guy who recruited Jack because he is a step ahead of Jack here. And the way that he does it, where he's like, you don't see what he does until Audrey steps out and he's basically severed her artery and she's dripping with blood. Like it's like something out of a horror movie. Yeah. Um, it's brilliant. And then even still, just to throw that one little extra bit on top of that, once Jack has Audrey, Henderson's like, I'm still going to unload my gun just so I have a way to get away. Jack, of course, gets to be the surgeon. Uh, Dr. Jack is back here um, where he ties up Audrey's arm. He's this close to performing open heart surgery on her as Jack's only trained to do. Um, for an episode where Jack really is just sitting around and they even mentioned that like, we didn't really have a lot for Jack to do this episode because it needed to be the Heller and Logan showdown. 
And then you have to have, obviously, you know, Chloe meeting up with Bill and all that. But the, considering 90% of this episode, the screen time that Jack has, he's doing nothing. They really make it count at the end here. Like, this is something that I, I, I think we have at least two moments already that are, like, probably not going to make the final list, but, like, honorable mention shortlist for a Hall of Fame. The Heller punching Jack and then Audrey's uh, abduction and uh, the, the the dripping the blood here. Look, I haven't marked them down, but, I mean, yeah, honorable mention, sure. But I think that... um. Just one thing too. What is it with Heller and kidnapping his children and having them tied up? Did it last season. Now he's doing it with Audrey. Uh, anyway, uh, very forgiving children, Audrey, <laughs> and um, what's his face last season? But yeah, I, I, this scene, like, God, I remember watching this live and I thought Audrey was dead. And I'm like, oh no, because yeah. like you're right, the tension with it and just the way, <gasps> the way he's like, I'll meet you halfway. It's a the good Black Eyed Peas song. Uh, meet me halfway, right in the borderline. No, sorry. Um, I, I, I just love the way she sort of comes out. And you even, like, if you listen carefully, you can hear Audrey go like, oh, like, you know. And then Jack's like, what did you do, Henderson? What did you do? And then it always comes down to that bit of a hypocritical Jack. The, you know, the mission or the person, you know, as we always see. Whenever it's Jack involved, he'll always choose a person. But whenever it's like, Tony, let Michelle yeah. die, she means nothing. Yeah. Um. So, you know, and I, but that... I don't want to complain about that because I kind of that just makes Jack's character more interesting. But I'm with you. I think again, an issue I have with Christopher Henderson is, yeah, I want more of this. I want more of this mentor type relationship. And I guess you know a lot of that comes down to the Peter Heller availability and everything that we kind of had with that earlier on. Peter Weller, sorry. Um, mm. And I just, yeah, like, you got to understand why they probably didn't explore that more. And this is again. It's a bit of a precursor to season six about on paper, Jack's family potentially could work or you could shit the yeah. bed with it. And we know how that turns out. So uh, how many episodes are we away from Paul McCrane now? Probably oh, he's like close. Yeah. He's only, yeah. In, yeah. But of course he's never revealed as Jack's brother until next season. Yeah. So we only know him as like man with Bluetooth headset. Um, yeah, no, he's very, he's very close to being introduced, but um, yeah. So like, and like I, that moment when like, um, Henderson fires the gun off. Like, fuck me. Like, oh. just like that. And Audrey collapsed. Like, that was the other thing when you said you thought she was dead because it's not just that that he's cut her or whatever, but when he fires the gun, you don't see where the bullets hit. You kind of see them ricochet, but then Audrey immediately collapses and you're like, she got shot, but she actually didn't. It's just so effectively done. I think th this is a precursor to season nine with Audrey, by the way, I think with a bit of a, the way they no. do this. <laughs> I, I always thought Jack was being a bit of a dick here because like Henderson's like, you got three minutes to decide, and you've just wasted 15 seconds. She's 15 seconds close to death. So when Heller runs away and Jack lays her down, Jack's like, just stay right there. I'll be right back. I'm like, she's got like 90 seconds to live, and you're going after it. Like, what are you doing? Just like get a thing and tie the arm up. But it's it's kind of sweet the way you kind of see like Jack be with it. This is just a Ben complaint. This is really nothing more than a Ben complaint. What annoys me is that this is the length Jack goes to for Audrey. This is how much Jack yeah. loves this woman, and we're going to get more of this this season, more of this next season, right? And yet when we ultimately get the end of Audrey, he doesn't have the same reaction to her death as he will with Renee, a woman who he's known for like eight hours and fucked once, yet we're meant to be, you know, on the page of that this is the death that makes Jack go evil. I'm sorry. It's fresher. Bullshit. It's fresher. No, it's fresher in season nine. It happens exactly the same time frame. He just hasn't yeah, boned had, Audrey had, at the time. That exactly. He hadn't gotten laid in like nine years. So. Literally the only reason Jack gets angry is he's literally got his dick wet like 90 seconds before <laughs> Renee dies. She's still naked in my arms. Damn you, Russia. <laughs> Sorry. But other than uh, that, amazing scene. This is, yeah, great. 
Yeah, like like I think so much of the, what that makes this episode is just how well it's all filmed and edited, and and, and it yeah. is those little details like. Audrey and and Henderson being in the dark and you not yeah. knowing that he severed her artery and you just sort of hear a sound effect and then her collapsing after the gunshots like it, it, to me it's brilliant like I'm not going to fight that hard for it cuz I think there's another part in this episode alone that is more worthy but it's it's still it's uh, to me it's at least honorable mention hall of fame Can I just ask one question before you get to the Logan and that sort of stuff cuz this is a question mm-hmm. I will forget to ask where does Wayne go in this episode because like he goes yeah. Jack takes Wayne to Bill's house next time you see Bill in his jammies hanging with freaking Chloe where does Wayne go? And I don't think we see Wayne for the rest of this season from memory. He's like, well, better go check on Evelyn, see if she's still alive. He's, he's like the Mike of this episode, because one of the other unintentionally funny bits when we get to Mike here and just like when Mike shows up, I'm like, sorry, guys, I've been busy the last couple of hours. Where? Yeah. What have you been doing, Mike? Yeah, we don't see Wayne for the rest of this season. The next time well, we see Wayne, he's president in the next season. You know, it's, you know what I actually think it might be? Because we, we, we did talk about the trivia in a uh, previous episode that Wayne's role at least teaming up with Jack was meant to be Tony. And from this point on, it's, it's kind of, I think that Pierce kind of takes over what was the Wayne role. So it's almost like they, they wrote Tony for this entire season. And then when they're like, we got to write Tony out now, they're like, give him Wayne and then give him Pierce. And let's just fill the role with a couple of different guys. It's just random. They just Daniel Craig from Tomb Raider him. Like, it's just like, but I also love the the little moment when like Wayne shows up to Bill and Jack's like, Bill, Wayne Palmer. And Bill's like, sorry about your brother. (laughs) (laughs) So what happened to my brother? Oh, I voted for him. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, so I'm going to save the big stuff when, when Heller meets Logan for later on, but kind of mixes together all the CTU and the Logan stuff here. Uh, we get Henderson on the phone with Logan. They're talking about having control of CTU. Um, so he's basically telling me you got to get Jack. Uh, this is everything that's going to happen with Henderson later on. Uh, Logan now scrambling. And this is where I like Logan. I like that Logan, as opposed to season four, he's definitely on the ropes here. He's like, I don't know what to do, but he so quickly comes up with his plans. But then there's little moments the way they film this where you still see, he's like, this is a guy who's who's really struggling here. Uh, Logan basically telling Karen, we want you to get Jack. Um, and uh, Mike uh, is, 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 no, no, Mike's not here yet. Sorry. Oh, he's about to show up. He's been able for the last three weeks. There he is. Uh at uh, CTU, we uh, basically have uh, everybody else coming out, uh, including Sherry, because they just had a class three meeting. And Chloe's like, but I'm a department head. Why wasn't I there? <laughs> Who's that woman? I love that random woman where, like, Chloe's walking on the floor. And basically, <laughs> she's like, what's going on in there? And this woman's like, I don't know. I think they're having a meeting. But I'm a department head. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. I think they're having a meeting. I should be in there. Yeah, I don't know. Like, who is this woman? I love her. <laughs> I hope she's got a page. Let's find out. Uh, I'm going to assume that's Paula. Uh, <laughs> always Doug. upset about the apartment heads. Uh, they're tracing calls to Audrey here, trying to find her. They get no answer, but they know basically she's at Van Nuys. Uh, this is where we get a line about Miles being an idiot <laughs> as well. Uh, and uh, technically, I'm, I'm going to say this. Miles is still right. And Miles I'm glad they did address. Right. Yeah, I'm glad they addressed this in the commentary because they... they uh, Marilyn Raskin was asking Howard Gordon like about all the plans. I'll, I'll talk a little about the what this is the first time that in the commentaries they actually mentioned the Logan twist and how much they had planned ahead of time. But they're talking about with Karen and Miles, like, did you know when you introduced them that they would be good or would they be bad? And he basically was saying, it's like, listen, we introduced the characters 
we weren't sure what direction we go. And we basically leave it open for, if we want to make them good, we're going to write them in a way that we're doing that. If we want to make them bad. And they said, he pretty much figured from the beginning, Karen's going to end up being the good guy. Miles is going to be the bad guy. And he said, what we eventually settled on was that Miles isn't bad. Miles is just a dick, which is the best way of he's describing like, book person. He just, he, he follows he's, protocol. But like, at the same time, you get like, there is no, you can't blame anybody for hating this guy. It, but yet sure. he is doing his job 100% right. Yeah. And there's at least a moment in this episode where you're like, wait, he's actually kind of on. Like, he's one of the ones who's suspicious about Logan in this episode. Uh, so, I mean, he's a smart guy. But, like, th- there, there's definitely some scenes here where you're like, oh, okay. Like, no matter how much this guy is right, I would want to punch him in the face, too. Like, the, the it was Steven, uh, is, what's his name? Steven something or other? Spinella, um, this is Spinella. me. This is me at work, though. Like, this is like, I'm following <laughs> the rules and I'm doing what I'm meant to do. Like, and, like... Again, like, yeah, this guy's a dick and you kind of want to throw a punch, but at the same time, he's not wrong. Like, everything he does yeah, in this exactly. episode, he's 100% correct. And he did not sexually harass that woman. Well, again, well that <laughs> comes we'll back to the bottom this of this episode. Speaking of Bill Clinton. <laughs> um, so we get, to, this is where we get Mike coming in. So we get all these back for phone calls. And this is one of the things that I love so much in this episode. It's just one person after the other. You get... Logan uh, basically uh, talking to Karen saying, I don't want you to send your team. I'm going to send the military in. And so Karen's like, hmm, that was weird. Let me call Mike. And she calls Mike and Mike's like, hmm, that was weird. Let me go to Gardner. And he goes to Gardner. It's like, hmm, that was weird. Let's call the general. And then they call the general. He's like, Logan didn't call me. And then we eventually get to the Logan thing. I did want to mention this guy who plays the general here. I don't know if you know who this actor is. Uh, John Noble. Uh, well, this isn't the guy I thought it was, but uh, the actor John Noble, he uh, he played Sean Bean's dad in the Lord of the Rings movies, but oh, I think he's probably most well-known for, uh, if you ever watched the TV show Fringe, which was like the last good J.J. Abrams show, it was what he did like right after uh, Lost. Lost. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, the last good one. Fringe <laughs> oh, is a great show. Uh, is that uh, Joshua and, and Jackson? I, Wasn't that? No? Yeah, Joshua Jackson is in that, yeah. Uh, an Australian actress, uh, Anna Torv, I, I think we've talked about it for something else before. Um, but, uh, yeah. And John Noble was like really crazy eccentric on the show, but I looked at this like John Noble was on 24. It wasn't until I got to the commentary. I'm like, wait, is that John Noble? But like this guy is like spitting image of John Noble. If you look up John Noble, uh, but I, I thought this general would actually be a bigger character. Like, I don't remember him, but you know, you, you're kind of thinking even the way they introduce this guy and like, he's got a commanding presence. Like I want more of general, and, and general, he, whatever his name is. And he is. likes Mike. I kind of like the thing when they connected through and he's like, Hey Mike, how you doing? What have you been doing for the last hours? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so did you talk to the president? <laughs> By the way, did you hear that David Palmer died? What? <laughs> do, you th- do you think it was racially motivated? Do you did, think it was Logan's behind it? Did Tony got shot in the neck. Uh... <laughs> uh, but yeah, this, this consecutive phone call after phone call after phone call, like, you're not even seeing Logan at this point and the audience is getting, this is what we're doing. We're unraveling Logan's story. And then eventually when Mike comes in to talk to Logan, like this is another just amazing scene, like Jude Chicolella, like this is, I think his best acting that he's had on the show yet when he's uh, approaching Logan and saying, listen, there's something kind of weird about this. And this is that moment I said that you need moments like this where Logan's not the villain. It, it really does match up with what the conversation she had with Henderson last week. He's like, I only wanted you to do this. I didn't want you to kill a president and stage a million terrorist attacks and all this. Uh, and when Mike's talking, he's basically saying, oh, yeah, it's no big deal. And then when he turns his back to Mike, Logan has this moment where you look at him. It's like he's almost like shivering. And then he turns back to Mike and he's right back in Logan mode, like an amazing performance from Gregory Itzen. Um, the uh, the way this plays out, though, where he's suddenly like taking command. And he's like, listen, I'm the president. You take orders from me. Like, uh, uh, what was it? He he, he said something about uh, you. Uh, you said that uh, I look tired. 
your job is to tell me to get sleep and do nothing else. Like something take along those advice. lines. Like, oh, no, he says, like, of all the advice that you just gave me, the only one I'm going to take is I'm going to get some rest. That yeah, was kind of it, his, it's, yeah. it's such a good scene. Um, but uh, uh, even with uh, the line where he basically says, like, I don't answer to you and everything, um, the look that he gives, though, like if you, if you have a chance to go back and look over the scene, when he turns his back to the camera, that look is like, this guy, it doesn't have to be scripted. He just knows what this character is supposed to be doing here. Uh, they did, Howard Gordon did mention about the plans, I guess alluded towards, when did they have these plans for Logan? Now, we've kind of had theories. Uh, they did mention earlier on, like they were definitely toying with ideas about, do we make this person villain? Do we do Jack's family? That They hadn't quite decided on something early on. But they did say basically before they even started shooting the season, they knew they were going to bring Logan back, but they knew that if we just did Logan as another president, it would be very stale very quickly. So he doesn't say we knew from the beginning Logan would be behind it all, but he did say we pretty much knew from the beginning that we wanted to keep the option open where Logan had some connection or at least had knowledge of this. The way I kind of read it from what Howard Gordon was saying is that their original plan was if nothing else, we find out at some point during the season that Logan knew about these. And maybe it was something like, oh, he knew about the attacks and didn't stop it or something like that. But not necessarily he'd be the big villain of the season, but at least something that they confirm like, yeah, we, we plan to do something with him. They basically determined we're not just going to do season four over again. We have to actually make an arc for this guy. Um, but I mean, I love the, the scene that he has with Mike here and, and just the way that Mike, he doesn't cower, but he's like, yes, understood, sir. Um, we, uh, uh, I guess before we get to the, the Heller stuff here, the rest of the stuff at CTU, Chloe um, sexually harasses Miles by <laughs> reaching down his pants uh, during their argument. It, it's... His chest, it, 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 Colin, but let's go with Oh, pants. I thought she reached... Didn't she reach in his pants pocket? No, it's pocket? his, like, breast pocket. Oh, it is. Touch a, him yeah, on the breast. Basically grabs him. She, she, he grabbed his, she grabbed his breasts. Um, I don't know. Like, a lot of the stuff with Chloe in this season, I'm just finding, like, and she brings it like Marion Raskin brings it up on the commentary, not in this scene, but then the next scene that comes up when she's escaping with Miles card and Sherry finds it. Wait a second, Chloe, you're not Miles. <laughs> That's not you. You're not Steven Spinella. <laughs> uh, you got bigger boobs than him. <laughs> uh, I know I felt them, <laughs> but oh. uh, Steve, Steven Spinella is not hers. Uh, but uh, then, then all of a sudden Chloe's like, yo, I know that you didn't get sexually harassed. So you better be like, <laughs> But but like, <laughs> like just bringing this up, like I think both of us completely forgot about the sexual harassment thing was a, a thing. I mean, this is obviously the hang reason on, on, why. Colin, 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 on this episode and this this season, we all know sexual harassment is a thing, Max Dawson. It is not a thing. It's fake news. Oh, <laughs> Never happened to any Kendall woman Colin. ever. <laughs> I'll get the blame for it. Max no Dawson's doubt. listening. Max Dawson's listening. My name is Ben Waterworth. I'm speaking with a very clear Canadian accent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but yeah, like it's it's such a lame way to bring up. But what 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 Marilyn Raskov actually says in the commentary bothered her. She says, of all the years I've been in the show, and this is what her third season, said there's only one time that I objected to the writing of the scene. It was that scene with Sherry. And it wasn't for the fact it was like, oh, I know you sexually harassed, but even though they kind of laugh at it, like, oh yeah, I guess that was a thing on the show. Uh, it's the fact that she says, Listen, President Logan's behind all this. And she's like, why would I tell Sherry that? Like, she's actually questioning Howard Gordon. Like, I objected to this. You guys said, just go with the script. And she says, I understand that sometimes you have to say a line to further the story. But she said, but this is the only time a word has ever come out of my mouth on this show where it only served the purpose of the story. And it is really dumb because like, yeah. 
personally, I'm going to disagree. I think that even when Chloe in the previous episode just randomly said, by the way, Jack, I can't believe President Logan is the ultimate <laughs> villain. Like, that was pretty bad, too. Um, but Sherry's going to let her get away. This is the whole purpose of Sherry being on the show. Though, How does Chloe know she was? Why would Sherry even bring up the sexual harassment thing? Like, was she looking for another lawsuit? I don't know. Um, she's going to go meet up with Bill. That's going to be it for her. Um, I'm, I'm going to stop here right after Heller calls Logan. So, you know, I'll, I'll save the Heller calling Logan for after that. We'll just talk, I guess, briefly about the CTU and the, the quick Logan stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about Logan in a moment. Just the CTU stuff. Like, again, it's uh, like, I, I do love the Karen Miles sort of situation in the like in Bill's office, like kind of just in the beginning when sort of Logan calls her up because I kind of just love this back. I, I like Miles and Karen. I kind of like back and forth because this, this is a good thing about this storyline where you say like, are they meant to be evil? Because like Karen ultimately will join the good of all of this. And then Miles yeah. is quote evil. But like, I sort of, I like the way these two kind of work off each other. You believe these two are like, you know, buddies and working there and everything that. A couple. Yeah, a couple. They were definitely <laughs> boning each other. But like I do, I love the way that like they kind of get Chloe out by, you know, tricking her basically to, you know, like Sherry playing the little like mole here. Like, going, Oh, I don't know, Chloe. I've heard they found Audrey's location and they've sent in the team. And Chloe's like, ah, panic, panic, panic. And they like find her out. Like I kind of, I like them getting one up on Chloe because generally this very rarely happens. Um, but like the whole, like Chloe getting like escaping because she reaches in the pocket and like, I kind of feel bad for Miles here because this is a man who's been accused of sexual harassment yeah. and then he's getting touched unwanted again by someone else. He's <laughs> like, don't touch me. Like, like no, like where, where's my security guard? I didn't touch her. I'm not going through this again. Um, and again, I think it's just a bit disparaging to like women making false sexual harassment claims for this whole storyline just to use yeah. this to help Chloe escape. And it's done so dumbly because I love the ways that she just reaches in the pocket, steals his card, so out walks Miles and he's just like, hey, you security guard, come here. And all you hear him say is like, has anyone tried to come in this room? And he's like, no, sir. Well, are you sure? Yes, sir. Don't let anybody come into this room. Yes, sir. I'm a security guard. I know what my job is. Like, that's all. Like, why is he he's doing this purely so Chloe can walk out? Chloe literally goes and walks out. Surely the security guard and Miles are going to hear this noise like as they come out the door. And then just for this whole little like section to like go through with Sherry. They've got security cameras in this place, do they not? Mm. Like, are they not going to be like five minutes later? Sherry, have you seen Chloe? No. Uh, security footage sees you talking to them. Oh, she sexually harassed me. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> and then Chloe just gets in like, we've seen CTU, how this has worked before. There are security guards at every exit point. Surely there's going to be yeah. like a lockdown. What's Chloe going to do? Do, 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 do. Frank, how you doing? Uh, aren't you in holding? No, you didn't see me. My name's Sherry. Do, 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 do. Uh, <laughs> like, again, I'm nitpicking at it. It's just, it's odd. Um, the Logan stuff, look, again, everything that he's acted and done is fantastic. Gregory Itzen is embracing this. Like the Jew Chicky Chicky Cola, the freaking How Gardner scene, like everything. We've got oh, Martha here as well. Kind of just like everything that's kind of going there with the questioning over it. Like, again, it's... It's great and it's captivating and you're drawn to it because you were so like, oh my God, this guy's evil and you want to see the downfall of this guy. But again, I'm going to nitpick that this is such a turn. This is a guy who literally needs to call people for help for every single scenario we've seen in every episode this guy's been in. I need to get Palmer in to help me make decisions. I need to ask Martha, what should I do in this situation? When Martha was kidnapped, he's like panicking. What should I do? I'm going to pray. Like he's so uncertain of himself and doesn't know. He's not assertive at all. 
And now he's basically using everything like, I'm the president, fuck you, you will listen to me. Like it just, but, it's such a turn. And that's what annoys me about this because we have not seen one level of assertiveness from this president at all until we find out he's evil. But but again, like we haven't seen him as himself at this point. Like all of these scenes where he is dealing with this whole villain plot of his, spiraling out of control, didn't happen until like a week or two ago. And I think that this is sort of the progression of the what we got in season four and that final. That's why that final scene, I think it will, I, I spent so much time on it at the end of season four, where all of a sudden he's coming, you played a role, David, you know, like instead of actually saying, oh, thank you for saving us, Mr. Palmer. Cause he just, he got at that moment at the end of season four, you know what? I'm the president now. I got to step up. And I think this is what presidents are like presidents. They constantly have, that's why they have so many people in the room with them when they're making these decisions. But then when they get on camera and to, to me, this is Logan on camera. Every time he's being assertive, he's like, now the eyes are on me. Now I have to play this part. He's just the guy who's learned how to play this part. I, I disagree. Just one thing I've got to bring up. Uh, again, the only, you talk about random things to move the story forward. There is no reason for martial law to still be in place, but we have this one news clip saying martial law still in place. And then Logan's well, like, yes. And it's like, it makes no sense. No, um, but, but he, they do say, he does say on during that press conference, he's like, I'm going to be lifting martial law, but uh, in two hours. So he basically says, Two hours left so they can wind things down, but then curfew's still in place. So they're basically saying we have a plan going forward to remove this. From memory, I think it's still in place for the rest of the season. I could be wrong. But anyway, um, I disagree in the fact that even in these moments where you say we haven't seen him by himself, we've still seen him in the room with other people, right? And when he's in the room with other people at this moment, he's not back to being Weasley like, oh, well, what should I do? What should I do? This is where he's being assertive. But this is where he's being this over-the-top evilness that just, to me, is such a 180 of character change, which, again, I enjoy watching Gregory Itzen play this role. I just wish that we had have had more signs of this early because it just is such a dramatic character turn, which annoys me. And he's very cartoony and Bond villainy, which Gregory Itzen is great at doing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just, to me, such a dramatic turn from this character that we've never seen before. I think it's those moments where the, the, there's the shots where his back's turned and all of a sudden his expression changes. Like, it's that performance that doesn't make it a Bond villain where you realize there's different layers to this guy. Uh, and I think the other part of it is that this is the first time where his back's literally against the wall. Like, uh, it would have been great to go back to see ep- what would have happened in episode one or two if he was on the phone with Henderson. That would be really interesting, but... Uh, I also don't feel like at that point he's like, hey, this is getting out of control, but it keeps getting worse and worse. And this is the first point where Henderson's like, listen, I've been doing your dirty work. It's time for you to do that. This is the first time Logan has actually had to get his hands dirty and not rely on somebody else. Yeah. And again, I see that point, but like, look, I, we're, we're going to be going back and forth in this for ages. You know, I just, I don't, it just annoys me. It just really annoys me. Like, even like this phone call we're going well, to Well, you annoy me. Well, you annoy me. Um, Like, like this phone call with Hiller is amazing. I hate you. I hate all of you. It's amazing. Don't get me wrong. And I realize you're about to talk about it, but it's just, we've never, ever had, like, even just in all of these other phone calls and everything that we've had, even when we're remotely seen him by himself, like, he's never turned around and like, I don't like your tone. Uh, You know, like, it's just, it's uh, like... It's one of those conflicting things where it's it's not on a level of, oh, this annoys me to the point where I hate this character now and everything because you're right. Greg Richard is so good at this. And again, mm-hmm. I get why the writers have done this. I get why we didn't know this guy was evil from part one. Like, I understand every, every decision that has been made with this and see why they're doing it and it makes it more effective. I just, I think on in hindsight, 
when you watch this back to back closely, knowing where this is coming from, and you go back and watch early Logan versus now Logan, there's a shift. That's just my overall opinion with this that I'll keep complaining about, no doubt, for the rest of this. Uh, before I finish up here with the Logan stuff slash Martha stuff, um, I, I stumbled across this uh, this article earlier this week, which is Collider.com's 10 best characters of 24 ranked by likability. So asterisks, this is Doug, specifically best characters ranked by like Doug's number one, Sherry number two. Um, but here's the crazy thing. Ranked by likability, Charles Logan makes number 10. Uh, no. <laughs> They're kind of making the argument you love to hate him. Uh, but the majority of this is like, like for example, Jack only makes number three. What? Bill's number two. Bill makes number two on Chloe likeability. Number one. Chloe, Chloe makes number one, which I also disagree with. Because like, if, if you love to hate no. Logan, Chloe's the exact same thing. You love to hate Chloe or you hate to love Chloe, I guess is the opposite. But there's, they got some really suspicious things on here. Like Kim is number nine. Tony, number eight. Wayne, number seven. Michelle number six, like to me, if there's anybody oh, who should be number one, how do you not have Michelle number one on this? Or I'd say Bill could be on there. David Palmer five, Audrey four, and then Jack at three, Bill at two, and Chloe at one. Edgar not even on this list. Now, um, no, like, like, I'm sorry. Like, I like him. I do like him. I like Chloe. But you've got a whole stretch of a season where they are so unlikable. Um, mm. Like, to me, that's like, that would be Jack one, Palmer two. Palmer's no one dislikes Palmer. Uh, I think I, I would have said Michelle. You you can put Michelle, Bill. I mean Michelle, I, Bill. Can, absolutely, I wouldn't put Tony. Where's Tony likable in the last like three seasons? He's in. Um, he's likable in season two, and that's it. <laughs> Edgar, you're right. I think Edgar, the baby from season three. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, like I, Morris. I, I could put Morris on this list. Uh, look, I I don't. I'm not a fan of the Renee character, but Renee was a pretty big fan favorite. Um, yeah. you know, Renee on there as well. Um, yeah, gee, that's a, a where's President Taylor? I think anybody dislikes yeah. oh, President yeah. Taylor. President Taylor's a man. Henry, does, it, does this even cover Henry all Taylor. seasons? Yeah, I mean, uh, he's kind of well, blinking assuming, missing, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah, it says season seven. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Taylor not on this list? Really? Mm-hmm. Come on. It's just, to me, it's really funny they include Logan. And the logic is, well, you love to hate him. And it's get, like, but this is based Martha, on likability. Aaron, where's Martha? Aaron? Oh, yeah, Aaron. <laughs> um, I mean, I get Terry. I mean, for fuck's sake. I mean, amnesia. <laughs> yeah. But this is the thing. People forget those earlier seasons. But, um, yeah, like I get the Logan one in a way because I think even when you dislike him, you still like him, if you know what I mean. Like, And when he comes back, it's it's weird that it's in a way kind of redeeming for him. Uh-huh. It shouldn't be, but it is. I, I wouldn't agree with that, Colin. You, you haven't seen it in a while. <laughs> um, it's, I, I think you'd be surprised. It's. I, I love what they do with Logan after Actually, this. the one thing I have to point out. Feel for, I, say, I should say, sympathize. You feel for him. I forgot to bring this up the other week. And before you close this off, because this is another one of those quirky little fan things that the theories were going around about at the time. So I've talked about like, I think it was season one, it was a thing that all villains drove BMWs and all good guys drove Mercedes. There was some weird quirk. They thought that was like Nina was wrong, but then, of course, she later found out she was evil. And then there was like a Mac versus Windows type thing where like, I, I, again, fans, if you're listening, correct me if I'm wrong. Like if you used a Mac, you were evil or, and used Windows, you were good. Like there was quirky little things, which I think some of the writers deliberately said they did, but then they kind of lost track of it. The one in this season was if you remember the Motorola Razor, the V3, the silver yeah. phone that uh, Logan uses, that was a thing too. That that was a hmm. people who used the Motorola Razor were evil. 
Um, and again, they thought, well, it's not a Logan thing. But then when Logan's evil, uh, it was kind of like some quirky little thing that they had in there that fans had a theory on. So every time I see him on that, and we, we all had one of those phones in like the mid-2000s, <laughs> didn't we? I had one of them. Um, Still got one in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, mine's somewhere in a landfill. But um, yeah, that was just another little quirky fan thing from the time that people always had these theories on the, the type of phones that people used. Uh, now, the uh, the Martha Aaron stuff, it's pretty brief, but it, it's pretty important knowing where both these characters are going to go. And I guess yeah. especially for Aaron, because he he's had his moments here and there. We had that flirty scene with him earlier on. And it's weird that like this next scene, I don't remember watching this the first time around feeling like when Martha's coming up to Aaron here asking for help and stuff like that. You know, tell me what's going on. He's like, I can't, I can't. I don't remember this being like a flirty thing in any way. It's not really flirty, but like there being any type of like sexual tension or anything. But I think that's just also because you're, you're assuming, you know, she loves Charles. We saw that even just in the previous scene that she had with them. Another but, weird kiss. Ooh. Yeah, but but like I think knowing where these characters are going to go, you read it differently. But like the writers obviously had a plan here, whereas I sort of thought the previous one, because they had that second take of it that didn't make the show, or I guess the original cut, where there was no flirtation at all, then like, oh, they were kind of making this up. They, go. they obviously have a plan here where these characters are going to go. But um, basically he says, I can't tell you officially, meet me out by the stables, wear something comfortable. Uh, and then she goes out there and she's waiting and waiting. This this is like another thing where you, you're caught off guard partly because Aaron has only started to be worked more into the show here. Like we said, he was like the fan favorite. I remember... You know, every single season being like, oh, they got this guy back again, playing the same character. I've seen him in other things. But this is the moment where you realize they're doing something with this guy. And I think that's why it was actually uh, such a surprise and it catches you off guard when she's out there waiting to meet him. And she calls his phone and you see the ringer. You're like, oh, no, what happened to him? Like, he's going to become a big part of the next couple episodes. I'm arguably one of the, the biggest parts of the next couple episodes, replacing Wayne and replacing Tony. But uh, he's not a character you would expect them to give him. So I, I, this was sort of like one of those moments you're like, yes, he's going to actually be important. It's fan service. <laughs> this, it's so, it's it like, is fan yeah, service. Yeah. Everybody loved Aaron. And again, which surprises me, why isn't he in the top 10 likable things? Because Oh, like, there's another one, yeah. But I mean, again, it's sort of, it is. I think it's a case of, you know, by the time this show ended, a lot of people had sort of forgotten about this period of the show because there is pretty much a big dramatic shift in the tone and the vibe of the show after four episodes into next season. So And then we had a writer strike and all that fun stuff. But, like, this is where I think it's important to talk about the fandom and the legacy of this show in those early days because Aaron was a hugely popular character. Yeah. And the reason why, the writers have admitted, the you know, how Gordon and all these people have admitted, we put Glenn Morshaw in this season as much as he was because of how popular he was. And the disappointing thing is you literally see him once more uh, next season and I'm pretty sure that's it, although he might. Come no, back he's with in. I, I looked it up. He's in. He's in season seven. Oh, I don't is. know how Ma many episodes. So Ma sorry, Martha. Uh, you only see once yeah. more next. Sorry, you are correct. And, but he he's but, still not used as much as he is moving forward. And th this is where I think that next season might surprise me a little bit because every time we've talked about the whole Martha, Charles, and and Pierce thing. But you you mentioned it's an episode. And I remember it being such a big part of the no. season. But I mean, it's really what, two, one or two episodes. I think it's. I think Logan is in it for two or three episodes. Martha and Aaron in it for one. And oh my god, it's one of these like robbing a convenience store plot line of like <laughs> seriously, seriously they did that, and then it's just forgotten about, completely mm -hmm. gone. Oh, remember that episode when that happened? No, neither do we. Moving on, and then you eventually get Logan back in season eight. He doesn't come back in season seven.
Yeah. But I, I, I read up to see like, oh, okay, well, how far did uh, Pierce go after this? But the season seven stuff, I really don't remember yeah, at all. Yeah, I blocked that out it, too clearly. <laughs> I didn't watch these recently. It basically <laughs> looks like they they, they kind of undo everything from season five uh, and season six. With them. Actually, I'm pretty, yeah. No, no, no. Actually, no, I do remember because there's a whole baloney White House gets invaded storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, no, he's in about half a season Butler. seven. Yeah, oh god, I, I've never seen those, but I want to because seriously, Colin, I I just don't even <laughs> want to speak out loud some of the storylines we're going to get from the next three seasons. That are just sorry, let me rephrase that from the next two seasons um, that they actually did and they try to make plausible. Because again, did you know there's a river that runs directly under the White House and that's how you can break into it? It's it's so convenient. That was national treasure. Nicholas Cage told us that. <laughs> um, so this is what there's really only three quick scenes here between Heller and Logan and. I mean, if I had to boil them down, I would say that the the first face-to-face is the big one. But, like, really, all three of these scenes are equally powerful. The first one where Heller's on the phone with him, I just love the way that William Devane's playing this. And it's actors always talk about, like, how difficult it is to deliver your dialogue on a phone, right? And I know that 24, they often do that where they'll have the other actor on the other line, even if they're in another room. So you can actually be playing off them. But like, but, like, how somebody like William Devane could be this commanding on the phone in a car... Um, He's going to be doing a lot of things in a car in this season. Uh, but but uh, the way that he's like, you know why I'm calling Charles. You know what you did. Like, it's so good. And I think part, yeah, but like, I think part of the reason it's so good is that you don't expect, you've built this up so much where Jack said he's afraid. And even Heller has said he's afraid. And then he calls him up and he's like, yeah, you go, man. You, you give it to that president. You don't expect it. And uh Every line of dialogue, like I, you could quote every single line in here, you know, which maybe we said, I don't like your tone. Like both of these guys are just on fire. Uh, you know, I, I know who I'm addressing. Like it's, it's amazing. Uh, the, uh, the face to face they have, like to me, this is, I'll, I'll fight for this for the Hall of Fame. And now, again, we have a pretty big list at this point. So I, I, it might common. not, there's no way this scene uh, is I, making I will it. Fight. It is <laughs> I like so this scene, good. but we have too many others that have trumped this by The far. only thing to, to me, the only thing that takes away from this is that there is a break and then you come back in the second half of the scene when Gardner comes in. It's like, oh, it's not as good as for us, but just everything they have here is like, I know he, saying, I know what you're doing and I'm here to put an end to it. Like, this is like your hero moment and it's coming from a guy that you haven't seen in almost a year and was barely even in the previous season. Um, the, uh, what, the the line he has about your chair is not a throne and everything. Uh, uh talks about the recording being under lock and key. You'll never get it. Uh, I want your resignation by morning and uh, you'll guard. And I think this is the other thing that's good because there's probably still something in the back of the audience's head where they're like, oh, is Heller doing this as a power play because he wants to be president? He's like, you know, you're going to call Gardner and you're going to tell him that he's getting the job. Like this isn't Heller making a play for power. His job doesn't change. He's basically like, you're out and Gardner's in because that's their only choice right now. Um the second part when he comes in and Heller's already typed up the resignation and put it on his desk. It's just amazing. Uh, and then just the way this is played, like the timing, like sometimes with editing an episode, like it comes down to like split seconds. You need like just that one microsecond longer to make it extra effective when he basically delivers it and Gardner's in. Hello, boys. What are we here for? Would you guys like to play a game? Anything. Uh, you sound uh, like Randy Quaid in Independence Day. Hello, boys. Hello, boys. I'm, I'm back. back. <laughs> Gardner's here. <laughs> uh, but uh, just that, that extra second where the phone rings and he's, yes, yes, I understand. Well, Secretary Heller is giving me his resignation because he tried to take this presidency hostage. Uh, he doesn't lie to He basically says, 
this is what he was claiming I did, but I didn't do it. And like the look on Gardner's face is just priceless. Like Ray Wise, I mean, he really, he got the short end of the stick in this because he's built up to be this villain. He's built up to be a Miles, but unlike Miles, they don't keep him as a villain. He becomes this different guy who's almost an aloof vice president. Uh, but uh, apparently there was a lot of debate here that they had when they're making this episode saying like, why is Gardner not saying anything? Like even when they're filming it, it's like, shouldn't Gardner be saying something like what? But they're basically like, you have the president of the United States call you into a room and you have the secretary of defense and they're throwing insults back and forth saying this guy's, you know, uh, taking the host- the country hostage. This guy's taking, you probably are just going to have your jaw dropping. Like what, 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 what am I dreaming what right now? To do right now? <laughs> I know Mike told me I should get some rest. Am I asleep? Is this a dream? He's got to do after that situation. <laughs> just goes, okay. Uh, hey, I'm uh, going to go to bed now. Um, I hope that gets sorted out to both of you. Um, <laughs> you, you see, you, you guys, you guys, you continue on and catch me up in the morning. Leno. Okay? Um, Leno's <laughs> on. <laughs> There's a curfew in effect, and I really should be getting home. Yeah. Uh, back to Washington. See ya. Uh, but uh, even just the way that, like, they they wait and wait and wait, and then you have that moment after it's all over, and they're escorting Heller out. Where he's like, who was on the phone, Logan? Who was that who just called you? Um, I, I love every second of this. I mean, I, talking about it now, I might even be more sold on the second part of it. But I mean, both of these scenes combined is just one of the best parts of this entire season. Uh, this is the moment where I feel like Logan is sort of past the point of no return. But uh, this is also, again, the way they built this, where Logan is ready to do this. He's got no choice. And he basically, I was throwing a lifeline. Like, you could see the look on his face. Like, Gregory Itson 100% deserves every award he got, every bit of praise he got for this season, because I can't think of anybody else who can really make this believable that like this guy is scrambling for his life when he's the president of the United States. Look, um, yeah, I will agree in the fact that I, I think like as all the complaints I have and we'll have about this character turning from this moment, like he is cartoon Logan to me. Like this, this is, this is at that point to me where I'm like, okay, well stop complaining, Ben It's changed, whatever we've got, what we've got. And he's amazing. But, like, I fucking love this scene. Um, I love the phone call. I love kind of just, like, everything around it. And, again, I, I absolutely love this scene to death. And I'll talk about the top fiveness of it soon. But, like, I think you're right. Like, it's it's just that that level. Like, even when Logan is defending himself to, um, to Secretary Heller before the scene with Gardner, I think that, again, as much as I complain about the turn of this, this is where... I like this sort of Weasley Logan sort of going through the cracks because he's trying to defend himself in a way, but he's also, you, you know, kind of leveling that and you kind of see a bit there. And I just kind of like that stand up nature that you've got of these two, but then it's sort of um, just, yeah, the garden again, like he's, where's he in the top 10 likable people? Cause even <laughs> back when we thought he was, he was just so like, Oh, James, how you he's, doing buddy? I thought you were going to be, why you want to go fishing next weekend? Like he's just so, so nice. lovable. He I just know. looks like a lovable guy. I love this guy. <laughs> I want to be friends with him. Um, and yeah, like it just, I just kind of like the way that he's kind of, he's got that point. And you just see the way that like, you just see Logan, like this is it. It's about to come to close. And just the way he takes that phone call. And then just that like, yes, well, James is resigning because he's a bastard. But, like, it is kind of that level of, like, wouldn't the vice president still be like, um, well, like, he's the secretary of defense. I've known him longer than you. He's a very good guy. He's not going to make this stuff up unless he had some sort of cause. Like, this makes no sense. Uh, yeah. what, what doesn't make sense as well is the fact that you try to get Jack by you. Like, surely there's <laughs> enough cogs going on around these very smart government officials to think this is all being a little bit weird. Should we keep an eye on this Logan? Where's Pierce? Um, like, it's just all these type of things. But again, this scene, like, yeah, the bit when he's like, 
just the moment there's like a pause there when you see Secretary Heller go like, what? Like he's very Darth Vader in uh, A New Hope when he's sees <laughs> pew, 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 what? And like getting like fired from behind. But I love this. It's just a pause when Heller's like, oh, and then he realizes he's like, who was on the phone, Mr. President? And then it's just kind of like, uh-oh, you in trouble. Um, Again, like any other season, Colin, this would make the top five. Any other season, I would be with you. But right now I can tell you, come on, we have Michelle's death. We have Palmer's death. We have, quote, Tony's death. We have Edgar's death. We're going to have the reveal of the Logan Jack speech in like the last episode. We've got the Kim and uh, Jack speech. We've got like, there's like 20 moments in this season, which I would rank this probably if we had a top 10. Um, the Logan reveal at the end on the phone. Like, I get you. I really do. But I hate that this is a season. This is like season five of Breaking Bad, where like literally there are 20 moments that should be in the top five. But I don't know. I just, I think this is just not going to make the cut for me. I'm sorry. Just because to me, there are so many other more massive moments in this season that you just, you have to include. Um, quick things to add on here. One, the, um, the, the line that, uh, I didn't mention that where, uh, Heller basically says, this is what we're going to do. These are the conditions. This isn't going to become public, but you're going to resign. And then uh, Logan says, anything else? Like almost with a bit of disdain. That was improvised because the original scripted line was, and what else? And it was Gregory Itzen who said it not only changed the line to anything else, but the way he delivers that anything else is just, it's amazing. Uh, and also the, the end of this episode doesn't actually really have a cliffhanger. It just has that massive split screen, which this is uh, only the second time. And I think only the second time they ever will end mm. on the split screen that goes straight to the clock. Uh, and you basically have 10 shots at the same time. And this is another one of these things where just on a technical level, this is a perfect episode because you have the split screens and you get to four and then it's basically like, boom, 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 boom. And then it just goes to the clock. It's just something you've never seen before. Why Miles is on the split screen, I don't know. Uh, but man. It, it's just, it, it's it's such a different way of ending the episode that I think it's kind of like that first time when you see the episode end after Chappelle's death, where it's just that little technical thing they throw in that just makes it something special. And it also, it's um, one of the rare times that it goes right to the end of the episode. They don't like blank it out to black yeah. to hear the final three ticks. The only other time they had done that, yeah, it was day three, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. A couple of things that are kind of like, age quite well in this episode because it's almost like we're living in that period of time now. So when Logan's explaining his reasoning behind getting this oil to protect the future of the US, he's sort of saying like, what are you going to be like in the future when we can't heat our homes and drive our cars because of like, you know, the the money going up and people are going to be struggling. Mm -hmm. Are we not living in those times right now? Uh, Fun (laughs) fact, the price of oil did go over $100 a barrel uh, in 2008. So Logan, Ford thinking man. Um, and the fact that I love, cause like there's a, there's a moment there when Logan is like, well, you don't know the pressure, like until you sit in this chair and I'm thinking like, well, hello, we'll be in that chair in a few years, Logan, you're pretty, <laughs> yeah. he's the Simpsons of this episode. But the, the fact I like on this one, on the, the stats on the 24 fandom is that this episode has three future presidents in it. Hal Gardner, Wayne Palmer and James oh. Heller. But you also, you never technically see Gardner as president. Like that's sort of all done. Like, we know he's president sort of between season five and season six. By the time we pick up season six, uh, Wayne's obviously president. And then obviously Heller is a hell of a fella. And he will be a president uh, in the in the future. Uh, so I'm buying this episode. Um, I'll save my ranking for a second. Can I ask just one quick said... question? Sorry. Really hit me on the head. Yeah. I'm very like. You want me to? Sure. Please do. Always intrigued by the whole Republican Democrat <laughs> thing, right? 
When Wayne came to the facility a couple of weeks ago, remember he's a Democrat and this is a Republican presidency? Again, does that happen? Freaking, yeah. you know, like one of... Uh, well, it, Marley, it happens when David Palmer helps Charles Logan during season four. True. But like if like freaking um, Donald Trump Jr. Hey, Joe! <laughs> I want to show up to Von- the compound. Ivanka? Well, she's dead now, Colin. Rest in peace, Ivanka. Don't bring Ivanka? her in. Ivanka? Isn't she dead? Who was the one who died? Is it Ivo- Ivana. Oh, same difference as one letter. You confuse the two. Oh, oh Ivanka's the daughter. I like her. The daughter, yeah. She's attractive. Um, and so is Donald Trump Jr. Equal opportunity perks. Yep. They're good looking people. Donald Trump, ugly fucker. But um, <laughs> he really is. Come on. I mean, <laughs> that guy didn't have money. He would be single and a virgin. Um, <laughs> I'm allowed to say it. He's been indicted like 27 times now. So um, sorry, you bought it. Uh, yeah, I'm buying it too. Good. Uh, you said you wouldn't even rank this in the top 50 necessarily. Where do you rank it? Uh, so I think my, yeah. So right now I've got it at 71. This is my second wow. lowest buy. Um, and overall this will come in at uh, literally one spot below the halfway point of 208 episodes. This comes in at 110th. And spoiler alert, next week, We'll finish one spot higher. I've got that at 109th. I think it's just, again, this is, it's, I just have all these points of it that I just, it bothers me overall. I mean, it's a great episode. It's, it's in terms of the tension and it does make you want to watch it, but I'm still so nitpicky at this sudden shift turn. And I think that it just, it comes down to episodes that I have above it, maybe end up being more memorable for different reasons. And I think work overall on a second viewing, whereas I am marking this down on the fact that maybe on a on a third, fourth, fifth, whatever viewing this is for me, it's not quite as strong. But um, I, I couldn't do anything but buy this episode. I also just think it shows the strength of the episodes of this show that that do finish ahead of it. But I'm I'm somewhat scared now of where you're going to put this episode. I'm, well, I mean, I said I wouldn't do this top ten. That this is t- this is number four for me overall. Like I absolutely love this episode. This is better than the premiere of this season. This is better than premiere. And oh, this is Colin one of the ones Hilding. that like, I'm not, I'm not going to say that I came into this expecting, oh. but, but I had like a handful of episodes. Oh, I pretty much uh, knew from the beginning that uh, two, two episodes I assumed were going to be top 10 ep- or top five episodes for me. I assumed that the episodes 12 and 13 would be my top two. And then episode 13 was the one where I'm like, that's kind of mentioned at the beginning of this where I'm like, Episode 13 was like, I thought it'd be a little bit more. There was few things that bothered me more about this, but like this one, I've, I, I, I surprised myself, like how yeah. brilliantly this is done. Like it's so much about how it's filmed, how effective the story is, the acting. Like to me, this is as close to a perfect episode as you can get without having any major bombshells in anything. And like, I'm going through my rankings and like, no, I like this one more. I like this one. More. And basically I stopped right before I got to the uh, season one finale the uh my current number two which is the uh the edgar death episode the 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 ascent talks attack on ctu and then Chappelle's death that's my top four right now where do you have the premiere of this season of this season uh it's currently number 10 so i've got oh! three episodes three episodes of this uh-huh. season are in my top 10 right now wow that is we have been generally like, fairly like, close on our opinions that is a huge yeah, like disparity. very close we've had ones where Fuck. you know we, I rented it, you bought it, but it was like my lowest buy, your highest rent. Um, this one, like I, I couldn't even, like I, I've, I've articulated as best I can. Like to me, this is just like, it is such a perfectly made episode that I didn't really see this one coming. And I think even when I'm looking at the other season five episodes that I have just slightly lower than this, you know, um, like like the, the premiere, the season 
uh, five premiere, I said from the beginning, I'm like, I think that the first 20 minutes is great. Everything else is great after that. But I knew there were episodes coming this season that I might like more. I didn't think this would be one of them, though. And look, I'm not, this isn't a double or seven style fight where I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, whatever. Like, I can't fault your argument. You've sold your argument well enough. And if this is where you want to put it, great. I thoroughly disagree. And I thoroughly disagree that you can't, that the premiere of this season is way too low. But again, it's your opinion and, and you've sold it well enough that, sure, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. I just, I don't agree. I, I just, there's, sometimes you know, you watch a movie and you're like, you know what? I, I wish that I could actually pinpoint what it is I like those, but that yeah. every scene is so perfect. And to me, that's what this is. Like the, the Jack and Heller scene is a perfect. The Audrey Henderson scene is perfect. The, all the Heller Logan scenes are perfect. The Martha Aaron scene's perfect. You know, everything except for Chloe and Sherry and Miles is perfect. <laughs> um, no, yeah. I, and I respect your decision, but I disagree. Uh, next week we get uh, Paul McCrane. Just looking here. Oh, is it already next week? Next week. Because I, I was trying to count. I, I pretty much figured he was in the last five. So we're until what? The last six now? Uh, Yeah, last six. But uh, can I just say yeah. Paul McCrane. Paul McCrane. <laughs> Which oh, I, will we finally get him on? Uh, so like fun story about Paul McCrane is arguably one of the nicest people I think I've ever interacted with. So if you've ever Hands watched down. him in ER or anything, really, I've not seen Robocop, but like I know Paul McCrane from ER. Who, if you remember, um, was it Romano? Dr. Romano, was that his name? Yeah, Romano. Um, like an absolute asshole that kind of became redeemable and one of the weirdest fucking deaths I've ever seen in television. The guy literally lost an arm to a helicopter in like a season prior to his death. He then had a deathly fear of helicopters. So the writers decide to have an episode of him go to the roof to get a patient from a helicopter where he froze in fear, couldn't do it. So he ran all the way downstairs to get some fresh air on the lower floor when they decided to have that helicopter crash and land on top of him and kill him. Now, There's reasons I stopped watching ER by that point. <laughs> that is one of the weirdest deaths I've ever seen in television, but you remember it. But Paul McCrane, so we, we reached out, when we started doing the 24 recaps, we reached out to a bunch of obviously cast members and, and their agents and got through various levels of success and unsuccess. Through Paul McCrane, somehow I, through his agent, they they connected me through to him personally. So I had this very yeah. long email exchange with him. The most nicest human being I think I'd ever dealt with. He basically, we'd locked in a date and it was all going plan. I had a big life shift. I had to move to the other side of the world. It all kind of fell through. I had to sort of explain to him, like, I'm going to have to put this on hold for a while. And he was so polite. I think he even emailed mm -hmm. me like two months later and checked in to see I was doing okay. And yeah. he didn't know what, like, this was so out, like, he didn't have to do this. So polite. Anyway, that was like two years ago. And so sort of life got back on track. You sort of get to a point where you then start like, hey, like, hey, let's get you back on the show. And sadly, since that moment, I haven't heard back from him. So, and that's not me throwing him under the bus. I'm like, I want to just yeah. say that I still try every maybe six months. We sort of will reach out and send him a message. And unfortunately, just haven't heard back from him. So we will keep trying because you're not meant to like this guy on screen. And spoiler alert, we don't know next week, but this is fucking Jack Bauer's brother, everyone. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he's in the last five of the last six episodes. And then we actually don't see him until episode five of season six. Oh, God, that episode. When everything went off a cliff. Uh, speaking of going off a cliff, Hella will go off a cliff oh, next week. Oh, that's coming next week. <laughs> uh, but yes, Paul McCrane. That's got to be up there. Cars off cliffs. Yep. Yeah. Um, the, the car off the cliff, I think is one of the most memorable things of this entire season. And it, we're, we're going to find gun. out what happened to Aaron. Audrey with a gun, Aaron being held hostage. There's lots of exciting stuff happening. 
Uh, so uh, we'll return for the last five episodes, six episodes. We just said six episodes. Last six episodes of this season. Uh, and that's where the show stops being good. So enjoy the next no, six weeks. Got four episodes of season six, Colin. We They're got- good. And we got redemption, and we got—I I mean, I like season it, but This is season nine. This is where this is where the run ends. The, the perfect run it's, of twenty-four. I like. think I honestly think that like our varying opinions on this episode, I think we will have like I I really am fearful for season seven. I really do think that is a oh, season that you will probably. I'm hoping you'll forget the, some of the bad stuff. Uh, <laughs> that you, yeah, but I think that yeah, realistically, from this point, from I mean, there is I think. I think two episodes or three episodes at the back end of season six, which all of a sudden come out of nowhere and surprise you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's two episodes sort of around this period, episode 17, 18 next season and the finale, which are both like uh, all three of them. Are like, okay, these are good. And the first four episodes, literally right now I'm looking at my screen. I binned every episode next season yeah. with the exception of seven episodes. Um, and then seven is just a uh, but eight is <laughs> mainly good. Nine is mainly good, and legacy exists. And see, I I don't think I'll be as great. kind on. Well, Redemption is amazing, but I don't think I'll be as kind on season eight. I think that's uh, where seven and eight is where we're going to split. Opinions. I really hope that you uh, t- turn because I, I always think I had that opinion too, Colin. I always think when I did mm. my speed rewatch last year, I always vaguely remembered seven being slightly better than eight, but ooh, seven does not hold up well. <laughs> just just saying. Just saying. But you like Renee, so... But it's not even Renee that's bad in that scene. Renee's bad, but... Anyway, shut up, Ben. Colin needs to close the episode out. Calm down. Shut up, Ben. Um, We'll we'll discuss other things. We're on to Bad Movie Month. uh, Or we finished Bad Movie Month this month. Freddy's getting fingered fingered this week. week. Uh, The last hope for Bad Movie Month. Uh, And um, we might be doing some more. (laughs) (laughs) He is our only hope, sadly. Uh, And then we will, after that, be on to Rom-Com Month up next. Yay! Uh, with Jack Bauer, Notting is Hill. he going to be in any rom? You've got mail. I just want. I'm, I I really want a rom com with Kiefer Sutherland. I think that's the one genre he's probably never done. Yeah, I can't. I, I just don't know if I can picture Kiefer Sutherland in a romantic comedy. There, you know, there's a uh, there's a movie I've had on my Netflix watches for for months now. It's a Canadian Western film starring nah. Kiefer and Donald. Well, it's the one that Kiefer and Donald Sutherland did together. Oh, and I'm like, I still don't. And it's directed by John Cassar. So I don't know. I haven't watched this oh, yet, but uh, took all the boxes. It, yeah, it's not a rom-com think, though. He's done a Western, but not a rom-com. I mean, in Zoolander 2, he's implied that he's having orgies with Owen Wilson in the crew. Um, but like, you know, that's the funniest I've maybe seen Kiefer Sutherland is in Zoolander 2. And that's, that's saying something. I think he was in Bob's Big Break as an animated general. Of course he was. Um, Jiminy Glick in La La Wood, where he plays... Oh, that's that Martin Short one. He plays Kiefer Sutherland. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm looking here at every title he's done. Nothing looks remotely... Women Wanted. A Woman Wanted. Is that... That's got to be a romantic comedy, doesn't it? Uh, uh, It looks... A new woman comes between a widower and his adult son. It's got Holly Hunter, Kiefer Sutherland. Um, That's a rom-com we want to see. I mean, the the, the front... the, The... Poster looks like he's getting up close in person with Holly Hunter. And who wouldn't? Uh, so we will have rom-coms. We're doing Sleepless in Seattle and You've Got Mail and Notting Hill. And was it Pretty Woman, Pretty or, woman. or Runaway Bride? Pretty, Pretty woman. woman. Okay. Walking down uh, the street. Pretty Woman. It's the kind of girl uh, I'd like to meet. Here. Pretty Woman. I want to be. Is that song in the movie? 
I don't even remember. I've uh, never seen it. So like, if that the, movie the, is not, I'll be disappointed. Roy Orbison. I'll, I'll, I'll get to the funny story about how I watched that movie probably about 20 times in one week. A movie about a hooker when I was a kid. You liked that uh, movie, did you? It, it's not even that. It's just, it, I'll, I'll, I'll explain the story when we get to this. Listen to the story next month about how Colin watched hookers for a whole week straight. But, uh, and I'll tell you uh, my story to what else we have. It's probably very, very different. <laughs> Ben's was not on a television. Ben's was living flesh. Um, my name is Colin, and uh, you're sick and you need help. My name is Ben and Colin. Let's get one thing straight. I don't answer to you. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.